0: Hey everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Influenza, a podcast about YouTube, streaming, online video content, as well as the personalities and industry that surrounds them. I'm your host, John Wolfe, but you probably already knew that because you probably came here from my Twitter. But on the off chance you don't know who I am, I'll be happy to give a small brief summary. I've been doing YouTube for about 15 years. Uh, my main channel about 12 years, and full-time for about eight. So I've been doing this for quite some time, long enough to have some very relevant insights and uh, be able to give, I think, uh, valuable, level-headed feedback on a lot of the news and controversy that comes down in this space. Um, I've been streaming for about seven years. I've streamed on Twitch mainly, but I've also streamed on YouTube and Facebook, so multi-platform experience there. Uh, for me, and, um, you know, I just uploaded my first actual TikTok yesterday, so I'm new in that space, I'm a little greener there, but I I am a quick learner, like I said, uh, I've been doing this for long enough to where I'm able to catch on to things a bit quicker than maybe people that are newer to the space, so, and I have been watching TikTok, so I'm gaining more familiarity in that category, hopefully for future episodes of this. Not just for that, I didn't just start a TikTok, so, oh, I can talk about this on the podcast that I haven't recorded the first episode for yet. Um, I also am just interested in it in general, because I think it's kind of proven it's here to stay. But we're not here to talk about TikTok today, I have a different subject in mind. Um, Before we get into that, I do want to kind of get into my vision for this podcast and what you can expect from it. So, uh, what am I wanting to do with this podcast? Well, like I said, I'm wanting to give, like, you know, level-headed feedback to news and controversy in the space, um, but I want it to be just that. I want it to be level-headed and valuable. Uh, this is not a drama podcast. I, I joked on Twitter when I was promoting this about, like, it'll be a shit-talking podcast, but I'm not going to be doing that too much. I'll do it a little bit just because it's really hard to talk about the space without getting frustrated with people, um... But I also plan on speaking positively and and defending people that I like. But there's a lot of people out there that I don't like. And it's going to be hard to talk about them without getting a little sassy. So uh, I don't want it to be a focus of the podcast, but I may go on some rants here and there. But uh, yeah, speaking of which, speaking of it being really hard to talk about something without talking shit about people. Today's episode is about the biggest streaming news of the past week. And actually a bit longer than that, past couple weeks. And that is Twitch's newest streaming competitor, kick.com, which is still in beta, according to the website. Now, before we get into this, I'm also going to say that uh, I plan on giving context for everything I talk about. So I understand that if you're less familiar with the space or not familiar at all, uh, I'm not going to just like name drop people or things and just expect you to know them. I'll at least give a little preamble for everybody that I talk about, because I understand that while there are other creators listening that may have more of a, a stake in things, uh, and it is certainly you know my focus as a professional to know about these things too, I realize there's also people that are watching or listening that are just uh, viewers, or people with maybe a mild interest in things and don't necessarily pay attention to the ebb and flow of every single little thing that, you know, happens with, with Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. So, uh, I'll be giving context for things that I talk about kick.com. Okay. So what's the context for kick.com? What, what is this all about? And what do I mean by Twitch competitor? Well, as many of you probably know, Twitch is the number one streaming site, uh, in the world. Uh, It's a dedicated streaming site, which is part of the reason it's found such success, and it's owned by Amazon, who bought it a number of years ago and have uh, helped it become the giant that it is today. Uh, Now, there are other competitors for Twitch at the moment in the streaming space, but those competitors are YouTube and Facebook who are both obviously giants in the industry, but for different reasons, because they focus on video on demand. Uh, Facebook in particular has has a very underrated video on demand audience. A lot of older people watch videos on Facebook, like a lot. And maybe that's something that we could talk about in a future episode, because the way that Facebook counts views contributes a lot to that um you'll see facebook videos with like you know these insane views 100 million views on like you know a nothing video nothing burger that would get like two million on on youtube but there's a reason for that and you know if you're interested i'll talk about it in the future because i do have some experience on facebook but uh getting off topic facebook and youtube are the competitors but they're they're obviously stomping twitch and video on demand service uh and streaming is just something that they do on the side Razzle on Twitch, they're dedicated to it, so Twitch wins in that respect, but, uh, you know, obviously YouTube and Facebook are much bigger services and entertainment in general. Now, in terms of dedicated streaming sites, basically the only competition up till now has been, uh, what is it, Trove? Trovo? I don't even know the name of it, that's how little it matters, uh, <laughs> There's uh, DLive as well, which had PewDiePie stream on it for a little bit. I think that's over, though. I think that only lasted a year. And apparently it wasn't good enough to return to. Uh, And a couple of years ago, there was a little site called Mixer, which has turned into sort of a cautionary tale for competing dedicated streaming sites. Um, Mixer is the, a lot of people are drawing parallels between mixer and kick for for good reason mixer was a site that originally started as a site called beam before microsoft bought it turned it into mixer and tried to make it work but ended up shutting it down they tried to sign big streamers over to mixer uh, most notably ninja and shroud very popular uh shooter streamers fps games uh ninja with fortnite um i think shroud played a bit of fortnite but it wasn't his main game he's just big into into fps stuff he's a kind of an esports guy and uh mixer signed both of them over when they were both around at their peak i would say quite a bit of viewership on both of their ends and a lot of people at the time were like this is it This is the Twitch comparative we've been waiting for, Mixer. But unfortunately, even though Mixer signed Ninja and Shroud over and they brought all these viewers with them, um, they were unable to keep a good percentage of those viewers. And Ninja and Shroud also kind of, I think, took it as... They they, they got the bag, right, from Mixer, and they kind of took it as an opportunity to stream a little more liberally than they, than they did before. Um, so Mixer also wasn't really getting, I think their uh, full effort, I guess is what I'm trying to say um, in terms of like, you know, pushing the platform. Uh, but the main reason why Mixer ended up failing and shutting down was because despite having these big streamers, they didn't cultivate an environment to incentivize mid-sized streamers or small streamers um, to really uh, blow out the rest of the brand. You know, they, had, they were very top-heavy. They had these guys on top, which had a lot of viewers, but then it's like you had to go way, 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 way down after, you know, Ninja and Shroud's 10,000 viewers, you know, the next highest viewer uh, stream on Mixer was like, you know, maybe a 1,000 or something like that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, obviously, but it was something like that. You know, the point is, is that there wasn't a whole lot in between. And uh, Mixer ended up shutting down, much to the disappointment of many. It was very sudden. Very sudden. I felt bad for a lot of the Mixer streamers, even though at the time, Mixer was kind of... Not a joke, but it wasn't taken as seriously as, um, I think, Mixer partners wanted it to be taken. And... I think people that stream on Kick, to bring it back to that, are really wanting Kick to be taken seriously. So there's the cautionary tale for you about Mixer. And uh, as for the parallels that we're seeing with Kick, I'll get into that in just a bit because they're having a similar fixation on big streamers, which I think is part of the problem. And I don't think it bodes well for the future of Kick. But what is Kick and what differentiates it from Mixer? Well, to answer that question, we're going to have to go back to October. Twitch had a bit of a gambling controversy on their hands and they ended up banning slots on the website, which formerly was a very exciting uh, and lively category on the website. Lots of people were watching people gamble on slots uh, on Twitch. I remember running into those and being like, how is this allowed? Because personally, I don't agree. But, uh, you know, they were there and they had lots of viewers. And one of the biggest slot streamers uh, that everybody knew was a guy named uh, Trainwrecks. Now, Trainwrecks uh, didn't only stream slots, but that was what they streamed the most of. About 3,500 hours spent streaming just slots. On Twitch. They averaged about 10,000 viewers, have about 2 million followers. Um, they're one of those people that you list out as like like big streamers, you know, one of the people on the list. They were in these like stacked Among Us lobbies uh, back when that was really big with Disguise Toast and Pokimane and all the offline TV crew, you know, they were in those lobbies and you know, I know I just names dropped some people that you may not know, but the point is that they're big streamers, okay? Uh, and Trainrex is a big streamer, too. And when Twitch banned slots, that was Trainwrecks and many other slot streamers' big thing. And so they had to find a new home, and that home has turned out to be Kick, which allows slots streaming. The reason that Kick allows slot streaming is because it's owned by Stake.com, which is a billion dollar company uh, online casino is what they offer the service that they offer and they own Kick. so gambling is what Kick has been all about from day one, and uh, that's already if that's setting off red flags in your mind then it should <laughs> because that we're already not off to a good start even right now right? Uh, it's a Friday afternoon right now, uh, February 24th. I'm looking at kick.com right now just to give you an, an idea of the environment on kick. Slots and casino is the number one live category, 22,000 viewers. Okay. So again, we're not peak hours, but we're leading up to it. So this is, you know, this is looking better than like a Monday morning, for example, the next biggest category on kick is just chatting with 6,000 viewers. And then you have to go all the way under 500 viewers for their third category, which is Call of Duty Warzone. Now, I think this says a couple things, but the most obvious one is that Slots and Casino is the main reason why people are watching on kick. Uh, It seems like there's some people trying to do other stuff, like Fortnite has about 290 viewers. Um, Apex Legends has about 250 So people are trying to play other games and stuff, but people aren't really here for video games. They're here for slots and casino and just chatting. So uh, I'm not sure if games is really in this site's future, unless they have a culture shift, which I don't see happening. I'll be getting into, you know, a lot of my thoughts about kick in a minute, but I'm still laying the foundation of what this site is, right? So train joins kick in, I believe, December. However, interestingly, he is still streaming on Twitch. He has been one of the most outspoken supporters of Kik, not only supporting them in their, you know, being the site that you can watch gambling on, but also they have a unique monetization model, which is they have a 95-5 split. Now, a big controversy on Twitch for a while now has been that the default revenue split for new subscribers and for uh, uh, ad revenue, I believe, too, is that it's a 50-50 split. You can negotiate your contract if you're a bigger streamer to make it like a 70-30 split. 70 for you, obviously, 30 for Twitch. But default is 50-50. Now, default on kick is 95-5. Hey, that's pretty good, right? Uh... Now the thing is though is ninety five five of uh, ten dollars is going to be quite different than fifty fifty of a hundred, right? So um, less overall traffic on Kick and a le- fewer overall viewers, um, and po- and possibly much less potential for viewership for for a small or mid sized streamer. Uh, it's not it, you're really going to be earning less money overall if you think about it that way. But you know, again, a lot of this hinges on the uncertain future of Kick. But it's not quite so uncertain for some people. One of the most obnoxious personalities <laughs> to come out in support of Kick has been uh, one of the most popular streamers on Twitch, a guy named Aiden Ross. And this has been this guy's been in the news a lot lately. He is what I would term a uh, pandemic baby streamer. He started streaming around the start of the pandemic and kind of blew up in 2020, right? There's a lot of... We see a lot of stories like that. Um, There's a lot of pandemic baby streamers out there. Uh, Some of them are fine, but a lot of them are just so new and they blew up so quickly that they've got some bad attitudes and Aiden Ross is one of them. So to to give you some context on... On on who he is and where he came from and why he's so big. Uh, I think that'll actually be pretty easy for me to do. He's got about 7 million followers, which is crazy for the past couple years. Definitely blew up. But why? So Aiden started out streaming NBA 2K, which uh, it's a basketball game. And he met a person by the name of Bronny James. While he was uh, playing NBA 2K. Bronny James. All otherwise known as LeBron James Jr. Is the son of LeBron James. And you see where I'm going with this. So uh, one day they were streaming together. They started streaming together. And LeBron James himself joined the voice call. The clip got posted. And uh, the rest is history. Aiden Ross has 7 million followers now. Um, he's a 22 year old guy. And so he's got all this. Arrogant early 20s energy where he thinks he's invincible and he thinks he's got all figured out that type of thing And he has come out as a major proponent of kick because um, As he has said, uh, there's no terms of service. You can stream whatever you want even porn Uh, And that if he and a couple other big twitch streamers come over it quote can't fail The site can't fail. It's impossible. Oh, boy. Now, Aiden Ross has come out, I believe, just yesterday. He's been streaming on Kick like five times a week. He came out and said just yesterday that he's going to start streaming on it full time. Because he was also doing some streams on Twitch as well, interestingly. Uh, And he streams, you know, all sorts of things. He streamed the entire Super Bowl which he was not the only one streaming the entire Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what happened with that, I guess. Because when it happened, I was like, oh, the NFL is not going to be happy with that. The NFL, the National Football League, um, is basically Disney-level protective of their IP. And they are very trigger-happy with DMCA takedowns and copyright enforcement and so you know myself and a lot of other people were, were looking at that and being like well i mean kicks going to get in trouble for that right people were streaming the entire super bowl like you couldn't get away with that on twitch you couldn't get away with streaming a regular uh sunday nfl game on twitch that's not uh you know like that wasn't going to that wasn't going to happen um on there no way uh, but as Aiden says, there's, quote, no terms of service, which there is. There is a terms of service on Kick, and um, you can't just stream anything. But that hasn't stopped Aiden from streaming himself, watching porn on Pornhub.com and all sorts of other outrageous things. Uh, and <laughs> I can't help but look at this and think. Things don't look good for Kik. It's hard for me to take it seriously. Now, uh, Aiden Ross has said that uh, he's not the only one that's making the trip over to Kik. Uh, he also claims, and this has been unconfirmed by them at this point in time, that number one Twitch streamer Kai Sinet, who averages about 100,000 viewers. Remember earlier when I said Trainwrecks averages about 10,000? That was pretty big. But yeah, Kai averages about 100,000. Um... That he's also gonna be moving over to Kick. And not only him, but uh, the biggest YouTube streamer, a guy named iShowSpeed, uh, who averages very very large numbers as well. I don't have them right in front of me because I don't really pay much attention to YouTube streamers. <laughs> Maybe that's a topic for another episode. But uh, he'll he'll also be moving over. And um Ain Ross, you know, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but averages about seventy, eighty thousand viewers. So, you know, you, you add all these up, you're like 100,000, uh, 70,000. You know, we're talking, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people making the move over to Kick. It can't fail. It can't fail. I love, I love that quote from him. It can't fail. Because remember, I, I, I remember seeing very similar things about Ninja and Shroud moving over to Mixer. Mixer can't fail now. There's no such thing in this industry as too big to fail. There's just not. And especially with these guys that just started a couple years ago, they're, you know, they're, their minds are clouded by these astronomical numbers and they think it can never end. Uh, but it does. It does. I've seen it so many times over the years. Over the past 12 years that I've been doing YouTube, I have seen so many YouTubers make it big. They're the biggest thing in the world. And then it all comes crashing down one day. And, um... You know, some of them I would mention their names to you, and you'd be like, "I don't know who that is." <laughs> even those of you that pay attention, you'd be like, "I've never heard of that person." Well, you know, twelve years ago they were the biggest creator in the world, and no, they're not, right? So there's no such thing as too big to fail, and it doesn't even need to take twelve years for that to happen for for someone's descent uh, from the top. It can take it can happen as quickly as just a couple just a couple years. If you look back at who the biggest Twitch streamers were three years ago. How many of them are still pulling those numbers today, or anywhere close? Very few, if any. I don't have the list right in front of me, so I can't just rattle them off, but... You know, I, I don't even know... Who was the number one Twitch streamer, like, three years ago? I can't... Uh, well, pro- probably Ninja, actually, now that I think about it. 2019 era? Well, but he was on Mixer at the time, so maybe not. I don't know, man. There's uh, my, my point standing is that uh, there's no such thing as too big to fail, which is, man, it's such, a, it's such an inexperienced way to think about things. Um, but anyway, uh, big streamers think that it's all about them, and so it, it doesn't surprise me that he thinks that if they, just, if they just grab the number one Twitch streamer and move over to kick, that's it. Stick a fork in Twitch, they're done. Put a stake in them. To make a little pun. But it ain't that simple. Let's say, let's say he's right. And for some reason... You know, uh, Kai Sinet, who I just mentioned, number one Twitch streamer... He recently hit 200,000 Twitch subscribers. That's, that's so much money to leave on the table. That's so much. That's, a, that's an insane... That's an insane amount. So, so just, for, just for reference... If he's on a 70-30 contract, okay, like most premium Twitch streamers are, he may even be on more, of like a bigger split than that. I'm not sure. Some of these guys at the top, you know, they've got unique contracts only for them. So who knows? But let's just say it's a 70-30 split. That means $3.50 per $5 sub. If he's got 200,000 subs, that means a million dollars a month at $5 a month per sub, right? A million dollars a month. That means three hundred and um three hundred thousand dollars a month is going to Twitch and, and seven hundred thousand is going to uh Kai per month just from subs. that's just from subscribers. And that's that's a ridiculous amount of money to uh just uh leave on the table to swap platforms for what? If you're number one on the biggest streaming site in the world, why would you ever go to a startup? You know what I mean? If you're making $700,000 a month, why would you, why would you mess with that? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's not the only controversial thought, uh, and, and questionable take that Aiden has had. Um, like I said, he streamed porn on, on Kick, which was a bold move to say the least. I think he was just proving that you can do it and that they're so lax and lenient over there that uh, anything goes, which is such a big red flag for me. Uh, and it's also very interesting because I believe back in December, uh, Aiden Ross, by the way, friend of notorious uh, red pill chauvinist Andrew Tate, who is currently um, in hot water in Romania, I believe. Uh, and um, he spouts very similar thoughts to him. Things like, uh, well, Twitch banned gambling. They should, they should ban hot tub streaming, too. Because hot tub streaming um, is a poisonous uh, poisonous category that leads young men astray to the, to the wily vixens-only fan site. Ooh, how evil. But but it's okay to stream Pornhub to my uh, to my audience of of young, impressionable teenagers. That's totally fine. Um, and it's this uh, lenient attitude on kick, by the way, that I think is going to be its ultimate downfall, because it's not just the Wild West out there. I'm sorry, but you know, you stream the Super Bowl, you stream pornography. there was a there was a, a kick streamer that got banned for one day recently. His name is Heal Mike, for getting a blowjob on stream. I'm not making that up. He got blown on stream, um, and he got a one-day ban. Trainwrecks, apparently, um, was uh, in charge of that. I'm not really sure what role he has at the company. I think he's a non-owner advisor or something like that, but I think he's heading up a lot of the stuff at Kick right now. Uh, and he said that he thought a 1 day ban was fair and it's not going to be like Twitch, okay? We're not going to be like Twitch where they would <laughs> they would give you a more serious like a 1 week ban or something and possibly a permaban for that. Uh we're only going to give you a 1 day. And I think it's so funny. There's all this there's such naivete around this platform. I find it fascinating. What makes you think that this guy who is cocky enough to get a BJ on stream is going to get a one day ban, a slap on the wrist for that and be like, Oh yeah, bro. Totally. I'm not going to do that again and just turn it around. Do you think he's going to do that? What do you think is more likely that he's going to do that? Or that he's going to be like, that was fun. What, what's something crazier that we can do? (laughs) I think the latter is a lot more likely then he's gonna push the envelope and and it's like, well, well then give him another one day. Okay, well then give him another one day ban? Give him a one week ban? Where is it enough? Where's the line? What are you gonna do? What happens what happens when he when he streams something completely outrageous? I mean, getting a blowjob on stream is pretty outrageous, but something even even crazier. And this is what I mean. It's like there's so much Inexperience and naivete being shown right now with this. It makes it hard to trust the platform's future. And it's hard because I want there to be a Twitch competitor. I want there to be... I desperately want there to be a site that competes with Twitch. A dedicated streaming site. Not YouTube and Facebook. They've got their own thing going on. You know, they're just kind of doing streaming for fun, really. <laughs> YouTube is. YouTube is so... YouTube is so Focused on shorts right now. And competing with TikTok. They don't care nearly as much about the streaming side of things. And competing with Twitch. They don't. They're much more focused on competing with TikTok. Because TikTok is a much bigger deal than Twitch. Facebook is is too busy. Trying desperately. To be as culturally relevant as YouTube. But it's just failing. So they, they're, they're all like focused on each other. Um, and the fact that. That kick is the biggest. Um the biggest competitor for twitch it's kind of funny and thing i noticed about kick that's really weird is that the logo is like a green k right and and, and you might be like oh well what, what's wrong with that what's wrong with it being a green k i'm gonna look at it right now it looks almost exactly like the green k in kickstarter which is a very similar uh name kick kickstarter who also has a green k in the logo and it looks almost exactly like Kick Screen K. Okay? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so I've been reading a lot of this news about Kick and a lot of these outrageous statements uh, about like it, this is it. If we just get these these big streamers to come over, that's gonna be it. And it's like, where have I heard this story before? Have I heard it with Mixer? You know, I mean, I mean, you look at Ninja and Shroud now, right? And it's like. They're no slouch, right? I'm not gonna sit here and, and talk badly about about Ninja and Shroud like they're like they're irrelevant or something. You know, Ninja's still averaging a very strong, uh, you know, ten thousand viewers. Um, Shroud, let's let me take a look real quick before I uh before I misspeak because I think he's around the same. I mean, they're the the point is is that they're still very strong streamers, but they're not they're not hitting eighty thousand, ninety thousand, a hundred thousand. Like these guys that Aiden is name dropping. Yeah, Shroud, averaging about 15k at the time. Uh, right now, which is great, you know. But he's not. He's he's not. Uh, he's like a top 100 streamer and not a top 10 streamer. You know, they're no slouches. So people like to kind of talk about them. Um, you know, as if like, oh yeah, well Mixer got Ninja and Shroud, but like, yeah, we're 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 talking about a different breed now. We're talking about Kai. We're talking about Aiden. We're talking about I Show speed. But it's like, dude, at the time that Ninja and Shroud went to, went to Mixer, they were, they were pulling much larger numbers. Like, Ninja was getting about 40,000 at the time. And uh, Shroud was averaging like uh, 25,000, 30,000 when they went to Mixer. And these were pre-pandemic numbers, by the way. Because with the pandemic, everybody's numbers went way up. So this is before all that. So 40,000 viewers then is not the same as 40,000 viewers now. It's like inflation. That's almost a... That's like a huge influx of, of almost 100,000 viewers. Um, well, 65, 70, whatever. You get what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's a significant amount. And uh, it still didn't make a difference because, like I said, Mixer didn't cultivate uh, a culture for, the, for people to spring up through them. And that's the big thing. And, and that's what the main point that I wanna make here, is that the, this industry moves so fast, people, people fall as quickly as they rise. I've seen it so many times. And the idea that you can just copy paste streamers that are successful on Twitch onto a competitor site and be like, that's it, no more work needs to be done. We've done it. Uh, The thing is, is that they're not going to grow bigger on that site. They're only going to grow smaller. So it's a nice first step. But then what you need to do is you need to have somebody on kick or on mixer that would grow from, you know, 50 average viewers to 5,000. You need to have people like that cropping up. And that didn't happen on mixer at all. And that's why it's dead and i don't see that happening on kick people are going to go to kick.com to see you know let's say that they get them i show speed and then when i show speed is done streaming they're going to be like okay well i'm going to go do something else now <laughs> they're not going to be like let's see what else let's see who else is streaming on kick no they're not going to do that and that's the whole problem with this there's so many red flags like aside even even aside from like the gambling thing, like let's say they they shore that up a little bit, right? Let's say they this let's say they come out uh, with this stuff. It's just like, uh, well, we're not primarily a gambling site, and they beef up other categories, right? Uh, let's say they come out and like we do have actually a very thorough and and strong terms of service, and you can't get a blowjob on stream, and you can't stream the Super Bowl or porn or things like that. You can't do that. Uh, we're gonna take it seriously, and they're gonna be more, you know. They're going to bring the hammer down if you do that. Let's say that they shore up those issues. Even then, even then, even if they get some of these really big personalities, they, they still need to, to have a culture shift that allows you to grow like as a small streamer streaming Valorant, for example. you got like 30, stream, 30 viewers streaming Valorant. They need to have an environment that would allow somebody streaming Valorant for 30 viewers to grow to 3,000. And unless they can do that, they're not going to be able to um, compete with Twitch because that happens on Twitch all of the time. It happens constantly. Where do you think these people came from? Where do you think Aiden Ross came from? He grew on Twitch. Where do you think Sonet came from? Right. Um, now I Show speed is a, b- a bit different band Twitch streamer now on YouTube. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at a lot of the top streamers on Twitch, and a lot of them are are homegrown because Twitch has that kind of culture. Now, I'm not saying Twitch is perfect. I'm not saying there's not room for improvement, but it's going to be difficult to replicate their success or to compete with it a- at all. Um, it really, uh, honestly, also, if if you really want to if you really wanted to make a Twitch competitor and it, and it was based off of big streamers, I think the way to do it would be to target the Spanish speaking audience. I feel like that, I feel like in the English speaking industry, they completely underestimate the Spanish audience. Um, Cause I mean, I know Kai is the biggest um, streamer at the moment on Twitch, but there's like a big group just behind him just behind him and uh xqc who is also very large of very very like like ridiculously popular uh spanish streamers you've got um or on play eby um el rubius uh the the grefg, i don't know how to say their name grefg grefg uh you've got all these guys that are just like they're they're like insanely popular and there's more of them than the English streamers. Oh, sorry, El Rubius' name is not just Rubius. He came from YouTube. He grew up on uh, he grew up on YouTube. <laughs> he kind of did actually. Uh, his his YouTube name was El Rubius OMG, and he was always one of the biggest um, gaming YouTubers on there. Like, I mean, uh, Markiplier and Jacksepticeye levels of uh, of popularity, but. Um, yeah, he's he's a very large uh, Spanish-speaking streamer now, uh, and there's there's a lot of them. I think if you were to create like uh, a Spanish language-focused um, site, I think that would be, I think that would honestly kind of compete with Twitch a bit. But if they're just if they're just getting like these guys that you know, I mean they they they've got very strong viewership, but who knows where they're gonna be in three years? That's the thing. Like you get these guys, they come over to Kick, they start losing viewership. Three years from now they're averaging 10,000 what happens then anyway so that's my those are my thoughts on kick at the moment is it's interesting but I don't see it going anywhere there's too many red flags and yeah of course of course these big streamers just think it's all about them oh my god that's what that's what makes it so difficult to talk about this stuff without sassing or without shit talking <laughs> It's like, I read some of this stuff. It can't fail if we all come over. No, it absolutely can. You egomaniac. It absolutely can. Oh, there's no such thing as too big to fail. No such thing. Uh, Anyway, I just had to get that out there. I thought about, you know, it's like if I tweet about kick, I'm probably going to get very low engagement. Not that many people are going to be interested in it. They're going to be like, why isn't he talking about? a new youtube video he made or uh, a horror games or something so that's why i made this podcast you know when uh when mixer was around it was a very interesting time um i don't want to speak ill of the dead because mixer rest in peace has been gone for a couple years now but um i was always it was always so difficult to take mixer seriously mixer was like a cult it really was uh, you know, if, if you streamed on there, more power to you. I'm not saying that you were necessarily part of the cult, but I met so many mixer streamers, um, at PAX, for example. Uh, and part of that was because uh, PA- PAX is an interesting convention for any that's not familiar, it's a penny arcade expo, they do uh, two conventions a the year they used to do three there's pax west pax east and pax south pax south no more which i think everyone that went to pax south in the last like five years saw coming but uh they finally stuck a fork in it um but it's a great place to meet other creators and i've had the pleasure of going to 20 plus of them and being a lot of other great creators mostly youtubers but um also twitch streamers mixer streamers facebook streamers um people that make stuff on TikTok, TikTokers. <laughs> Are they called TikTokers or is that a boomer thing to say? I don't want to call them TikTokers if that TikTok creators. We'll just say that. Anyway, great to meet all of them, right? Um however, towards the end of uh when we we're getting closer to the pandemic and 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 mixer was still around, um Something interesting happened at PAX because uh, Twitch and YouTube and Facebook used to all have booths um, at PAX. It used to be kind of a big place for creators to meet up. It's like, let's meet up at the Twitch booth. They would have like a partner lounge there. Let's meet up at the Facebook booth. They would have a partner lounge there. Uh, YouTube booth would have um, beanbags. <laughs> the dude, the, the Twitch booth at these places would have like. They would have cookies, free coffee, like an exclusive place to to lounge and stuff. And uh, the YouTube booth would have like yeah, you could sit on a beanbag over there. Um, <laughs> I wonder why YouTube streaming didn't, didn't didn't take off. That was the YouTube gaming booth, just in, just in particular, because Pax is a gaming convention. Uh, yeah. Anyway. But And so they suddenly stopped showing up to PAX. Just one year, um, Twitch wasn't there, YouTube wasn't there, Facebook wasn't there, and Mixer was. And so it was all of a sudden, it's like, it was really hard to bump into other Twitch streamers or other YouTubers, and it was really easy to run into Mixer streamers. (laughs) They were all over the place. Um, and it it was, they were there to spread the word of Mixer. Uh, and it was like, I mean, I, I feel like everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall that this was not a platform that was going to subsist that was going to make it for the long haul. But, uh, it was, you know, it was very difficult. I think for people on the inside to see that because people were speaking with such enthusiasm about Mixer, not just, uh, not just at these events, but also online. I, I mean, Mixer streamers on Twitter were among the most active, among the most positive about their platform, about, (laughs) it was like constantly seeing stuff about it. And then when it went down, I felt bad for them because, you know, it it happened all of a sudden, you know, Microsoft just kind of pulled the rug out from underneath them and left them high and dry. Now a lot of them are thriving on on Twitch and, and doing great there. Some of them went to Facebook, but a lot of them went to Twitch and that's great. Um... But it was it was sad to see, especially after such loyalty was shown. And with Kick being owned by stake, you know, a billion-dollar company, like I said, you know, it's no tech giant like Microsoft or Google or Amazon, but it's a billion-dollar company. Uh, they could pull the rug out of this thing at any time in a similar fashion. Now, I understand that such a danger also exists on Twitch owned by Amazon. Amazon could just be suddenly be like, you know what? Twitch isn't profitable. Shut her down. And that would create such a vacuum. That would honestly be, like, I think the most interesting thing that could happen to the streaming industry is if Twitch just suddenly got shut down. <laughs> because then it'd be like, oh, what? I'll watch watch Microsoft be like, it's our time. We bring Mixer back now. Mixer's back, everybody. Uh, I mean, I think at that point, YouTube, I, I also dread that Idea, because then YouTube would just become the go-to spot for everything. I think if Twitch ever shut down, people would just move to YouTube, which is scary. I know some people act like that's a preferable result. I've I've seen that from a lot. There's been a lot of anti-Twitch sentiment lately, and so it kind of fuels this this thing that Kicks trying to lead off, uh, feed off of, not lead off of. Sorry, sometimes I misspeak. Feed off of, um. This is this like anti-Twitch. People are tired of Twitch. People are tired of that 50-50 contract. Well, guess what? We got 95-5, right? It's always what these, these companies try to do to incentivize you to move over. Uh, but the thing is, is if, if, if Twitch actually dies, it's not going to be good for anyone. Uh, because Twitch provides YouTube much-needed competition. At least in one space, the streaming space. And if it shuts down, then YouTube's going to be the number one video site and the number one streaming site. And you don't want that. I think YouTube has kind of felt the heat in the last few years, despite being the number one in its category, uh, from primarily Facebook, honestly, but also a bit from Twitch, uh, just a little bit, and mainly from TikTok, actually. I said mainly from Facebook, but mainly from TikTok. Uh, And I think a lot of the changes that they made to YouTube over the past few years have been pretty good, but it's because of competition. And so I want... I want Twitch to have competition, but more than anything, I want YouTube to have competition because it just makes things better. And if YouTube becomes the number one in both video and streaming, then they kind of can sit back a little bit more, can't they? And that's never good when that happens. Um, But like I said, TikTok's really, they're they're, they're too busy. They're distracted by TikTok right now. They're really pushing this YouTube Shorts thing. YouTube Shorts got monetized this past month, actually. Um, A lot of people would post their YouTube Shorts, the money that they made from their YouTube Shorts, which if you're not familiar with YouTube Shorts, they're basically TikToks. They're small, uh, short format videos, like under one minute, right, Uh, is what they have to be to be a short. And they're vertical videos. They're intended to be scrolled through in an endless feedback loop like uh, TikTok. And YouTube's trying to dip their toes in that space, and so far it seems like they're kind of it's it's kind of trending pretty well for them. Seems like that it's kind of working. Of course, when you've got an algorithm that's that uh, that has that much content to work through, you can basically harness it to push anything. And right now, it's pushing shorts pretty heavily. But um, yeah, they're they're trying really hard. To compete with TikTok. And one thing that's been holding them back. To get back to what I was talking about. Is the fact that um, people have these shorts. That hit millions of views. And they'll get like literally 17 cents from them. And it's like what the hell YouTube. Right. And that's because there's no ad revenue. There's been no ad revenue. Until um, this month. They rolled it out. It's just been YouTube premium revenue. Which is based on watch time. YouTube premium is. Uh, I, think, I believe it's $10 a month. You can get it on YouTube. You get an ad-free experience. And then YouTube will pay creators based on your watch time. So if you watch a video for an hour, then that creator is going to get a lot more money than if you watch for one minute from your YouTube premium pool of money. And uh, so that's what's been paying out on YouTube shorts lately and uh, up until now. And it's been pennies because shorts are short. They're under a minute. And so they give you very little watch time revenue from it um but yeah they rolled out ad revenue and i think it hasn't been quite as fruitful as some people imagined it would be but the way i look at youtube shorts is that um you know they're not really for money they're more for algorithm they're more for uh you know like uh Get it, getting getting uh, getting the word out about your channel getting exposure getting new subscribers it's like the the outer part of the funnel right you get you get people with youtube shorts in the outer part of the funnel to to subscribe or to come into your channel and then you hook them with the middle of your funnel which is like your normal video uh video content and then bottom of the funnel is like streams and stuff like that which i don't stream on youtube Um, but it does offer like a more personal experience, you know, being in the chat, uh, getting kind of more one-on-one perceived one-on-one time. So, uh, wow, I really got off topic. I just started YouTube shorts the other day too. (laughs) Coincidentally, the same day that I posted my first TikTok, I posted the same video to both platforms. The YouTube short did better, um, but they both did really badly. (laughs) They both did really, really badly. Uh... It's funny though. Um yeah, YouTube Shorts. Boy. We'll talk more about that some other time when I have more experience uh making them and stuff, but I have noticed that they've been pushing that a lot lately. I think it's good, but I think also it's not really going to compete with TikTok. TikTok has such a stranglehold on the short-term uh short short form video format that I don't think YouTube's anywhere close to to really competing with it, sadly. All right, well, I've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> that's okay because this was a trial run, an episode zero, just trying to, uh, you know, try out something new and see what it's like. Feel like I'd be good at something like this, so we'll see if that's true or not. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening. Uh, maybe I provided something. Some insightful commentary. And if not, uh, hopefully at least I was entertaining. You know, uh, didn't really delve too deeply into too many topics. Mostly talked about kick and Twitch and YouTube competitors. Just competition in general, which I think is really he- uh, healthy for these websites. And I, I wish, if for the best, um, for all of these guys, to to give us, the creators, the best service and the best... Um, the best features that they possibly can, and to be motivated to do so, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, with Kick, I think my conclusion, my takeaway is uh this ain't it. this ain't it, chief, okay? Try again, maybe clean maybe clean up a little bit and uh, focus more on the culture and less on the the wild West. No place on the internet can be the Wild West. that's the thing. there's always going to be there's some greater entity that's gonna. Uh, clamp down sooner or later you can't just do whatever you want there has to be some responsibility and there has to be some accountability it's a it's a pipe dream it's like an early 20s pipe dream to be on these websites and to just be like oh i can just do whatever i want no no you really can't you really can't unfortunately especially when your audience is primarily made up of children no you absolutely cannot But, uh, you know, they'll learn that in time. (laughs) They'll learn it the hard way, possibly. But, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Aiden is right. Maybe if they just get these big streamers over, they can't fail. John Wolfe's wrong. Influenza podcast is wrong. These guys are going to be around forever. They're going to be averaging 100,000 viewers in 10 years' time. A million. Even more. With population increase, you know, in 2033, how many people are going to be on Earth? like 9 billion, 10 billion. They could easily they could easily average a billion a billion users, you know. Why not? Kick.com it's going to change everything. Sarcasm aside, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and uh yeah, feel free to let me know on Twitter um what you think of it. I don't know, it, how do people usually do this? Um, cuz like where do you leave feedback on podcasts? There's no comment section or anything, right? At least not on Spotify. It's not on Apple Podcasts either. Well, I'll tweet out uh, a link to this, and you can maybe leave commentary there. That'd be appreciated. Thanks. Yeah, let me know if I should waste my time continuing to do this or not, or or if, uh, <laughs> or, or if, if, if it's worth pursuing or not. Uh, I was also thinking, you know, this one was solo, and I... Kind of plan on doing them solo, but I'd also, it'd be cool to have like a guest or so. I have a lot of famous friends that I could have on here. <laughs> you guys have no idea. Let's get Aiden next week. Let's get Aiden Ross next week. That'll be great. So Aiden. What may... <laughs> So Aiden, I had a question for you. Uh, yeah. Why are you so dumb? No, that'll be how I lead it off. I think, uh, you know, it can't fail, in his words. Having him as a guest on the podcast, the podcast can't fail. So yeah, thanks for listening, and I will uh, talk more next time. Bye.